Hi, I'm Laurie McDermott, and I run the website, thewifeexpert.com. I am always helping women try to get their husbands back, trying to help men get their wives back. That's what I do. That's what my mojo is. And if you're, if you're on YouTube right now and you're staring at my hair, it's been a challenge ever since I had COVID like in 2020. Half of my hair fell out and I've been taking these pills and it's, my hair is going back finally. And I'm like, this is like the first day I'm like, oh, it's growing back in little spots. So if you want, people have asked me about my hair. So I'm going to put the stuff I've been taking in the, in the information below, in the notes below. So if you want to know about that, just look down there and I'll hopefully remember to put the links in there. So what are we doing today? Today I have the most incredible man coming on to tell us about what his life has been. Is he in a midlife crisis? Is he going through MLC? I'll let you guys be the judge of it. But he came to me from one of my wives, which I love saying that, one of my wives. He came to me from one of my wives who found him on this medium place and a few other people were like, yes, I know him. Yes, oh my gosh, have him on, please, please. And I was like, please, please. And I finally I said, okay, let's find him. So we got him and he's on the show right now. Let's click over. And so let's welcome James, but otherwise known on Medium as, which I think he did because there was another James on there, or why did you do that? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a, there was another James on there, and I don't know, it just sounded good for uh, for Medium purposes, so. Yeah, you like professional. Um, okay, so do you know, I know there was one of my wives, I love saying that as a woman, one of my wives that I coach who loves you, and then a few other people are like, I love this guy, it's such great, I love hearing him, because you write kind of like a blog or a bunch of articles, what would you call them? Is that a blog? I, I would call it a blog, yes, it, it was, um, that's really kind of how it was meant to be when I went out onto Medium, so. And what year was that that you started that? I started in 2019. Okay. And the, I, you, you, I remember you telling me you fell off, got back on. Yeah, I, I, I went on in 2019. I was on there for about a year and a half. Um, some of my writing started to get so personal, I, I just needed to take a break from it. So I pulled back for a little bit. But then I got to a point where I really wanted to continue telling my story. So I brought the account back up and... Um, have been writing ever since and that's so I came back on in probably about July of 2021 yeah and then I've been writing um, you know, out there since okay so let me ask you a question sure. when you stopped writing you you stopped because you felt you were talking too much about your personal life I it was getting into more difficult conversations about my personal life I mean, when, when I started the blog, it, I wasn't the only, my intention really was to write about just having been laid off from work and I was going to start chronicling what that was like after a 19 year career to be out of work, be mm. looking for, you know, you, you get to a point where you feel like you're not valued anymore after 19 years and then within 20 minutes you're out the building and gone. So it's a big loss and I, I really wanted to start, you know, blogging about that and telling people what that was like, what my journey was like trying to find something new. But, you know, there were other things going on in my life at the time too, things with my marriage, et cetera, and they started working their way into my writing and it just started to get very personal as the months went on. 
And so did you find your readers were inspired to listen? Like there must have been something at that moment where you're like, ooh, I can't do this anymore. What was that? I think that I was getting, some of the comments I was getting were certainly not always positive. It's one of the one of the yeah. things I've learned in writing is you really do need to have thick skin because or just don't read a lot of the commentary. Don't read the don't comments. Read the, or it's always off. don't read the comments, right? Because every again, there's there's you know a lot of people different vantage points and people have their own uh, paradigm from which they look at things and they you know people have been hurt, they've been through betrayals, they've there's so many things that people have experienced in life and you know they sometimes they they look at my writing and it it triggers something in them and i don't blame them for it i don't i don't blame them for looking at me and saying what what the heck are you doing james <laughs> like you know i just want to reach through mm -hmm. this uh through this medium article and shake you and try and talk some sense into you but it's um so it, it was just getting it was just getting tough to read some of the commentary and i um i knew that people close to me had had been out there and had found my account and were reading some things so it, it got really personal and I, I just needed to take a little bit of a step back. And how, so how many months were you off? I can't do the math that quickly. Uh, it was probably about maybe four or five months. And then you came back saying what? Then I came back saying, I, I feel like I need to, to continue having a voice out here. Because one of the, one of the things that I love about writing in you know, some of the, the positive commentary I've gotten is that people say, you know, you remind me so much of my husband in similar situations. And, but he has, he was never able to voice like how he was feeling to me. So I read your writing and I imagine, you know, your voice coming from his mouth and, and I'm hearing what you're saying and it gives me perspective. And I may not necessarily agree with the choices you've made, but it does give me perspective and it helps to lend a voice to something that is really very difficult to talk about. Yeah. What is difficult to talk about? What are they talking about? About marriage, about, um, you know, about getting to a place in a relationship where things are breaking down, about um, dis distrust, about um, infidelity. Um, there's a lot of... A lot of things that happened as my marriage was breaking down. Again, a lot of choices that I made that had I, you know, could I go back again, I would certainly change them. Um, but it's it's hard. It's hard to talk about. And but I, I do think it's something that needs to be said, and it's it's a worthwhile conversation to be to have out there. And I don't think a lot of men are are voicing, you know, they're voicing themselves out there quite quite enough. And it's been something that I've I just feel is is a useful venture to uh, again have that voice in the in the wilderness out there so to speak. Yeah, I love that. And just so everyone who's listening or watching, because this is on YouTube as well, please know I'm going to list uh, James's uh, link so you can sign up to start following whatever he says. Um, that sounds <laughs> whatever he says. Whatever he just says, follow, yeah. <laughs> meaning follow him on his platform so you can. Get access to what he says and listen in and enjoy yourself. Because um, I think your perspective is really cool. And so I'd love to go back in time with okay. you, um, if you nope. don't mind. So how, 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 what year did you get married? I got married in 1997. Okay. Was that about the same time you started that career? Uh, no. Actually, in 97, I was transitioning into a different career at the time. 
Um, it's at well, it's, it's actually about the time that I had started, maybe about three years prior to the the career that I would have for 19 years, the one that I would ultimately get laid off from. Mm, that's so painful. It's the worst thing that can happen to a man, I believe, is losing a career that you expected to last a long time. Um, okay, so you met this woman and you got married to her. And why'd you marry her? Oh, man, we, we met when we were both very young. So she, when we... When oh, we yeah. started dating, she was 16. I was 19. So again, yeah, we started dating in, in 1989. So it, it. 1989. Holy crap. Yep. Oh, God. 19- You've been with this. Okay. Okay. So now I'm really curious. Okay. So then you waited eight years to get married. We did. And again, because we were both young and I would say, you know, she was uh, a mature a more mature 16. I was a very immature 19. Um, and I actually had the um, the benefit before I met her, I was actually friendly with her mother. We both worked at the same fast food restaurant. So um, her mother and her mother's peers there were all, they all liked me. So, and again, it, it was, you know, the first couple of years of our relationship were relatively innocent. We were both young. Again, we didn't, you know, move it too fast or anything like that. But, but yeah, it just, um, we became kind of constant companions and we we stayed together while I went through college, while she went through college. And eventually, once uh, after she graduated from college, it started to get more serious. And you got married. Did you guys have any kids? Uh, we have three daughters. Three? Yes. Three kids. How old are they? 23, 20, and 16. Wow. That's my age. I have the same age okay. kids. How weird. Um, okay, so that, so then what happened? How was life as a married couple? Um, it, it's always been a challenge. We, My wife and I have very different personalities. So uh, she's a lot, I, I guess, you know, she, she's more of a, I guess they would call a red personality. She's a very A-type. Um, I am much more introverted than she is. So we react to life very differently which can be extremely challenging at time from a standpoint of communication. Um, but I, you know, I also think it's, it's, it had benefited us over the years because we both, I, I think we are, our, her strengths kind of helped build up my weaknesses and, and vice versa. So I think that we complemented each other very well at times, but you know, there was volatility there as well. Yeah. So funny. Cause people are always like, I married, my husband's completely the opposite of me. It's like, yeah. That, that's why you married them, because if you married your same person, you would never grow or change or push yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, I think it's a lot harder than if you're with the, someone that's exactly the same person as you. Yeah, you, you're not, you're, you're not, not going to grow. You're not going to, you're not going to get those benefits of this other person who shows you parts of their personality that maybe you wish you had. And I think, again, you, you find a balance in there. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so... How, what transpired to some chaos that happened and why I think you said you got separated? How did that, how did that come about? Oh, probably about, um, I'm trying to think of the year, but my, my wife was diagnosed with, um, with rheumatoid arthritis. What year, you remember what that And was? that would have been, that would have been around 2010. Did she have symptoms? Uh, she had some symptoms that were misdiagnosed, so she probably went a few years where she had it and wasn't being treated effectively for it. 
but mm -hmm. it was i mean that's a life altering when you have a, a any kind of a, a disease like that an immune you know deficiency disease it's it's tough and it's um yeah. it totally changed kind of her outlook on life and what her plans for the future it um so you know you have that that was introduced i think what was can if i can ask what do you remember what her outlook on life was before and she, then what it was after yeah she she was actually in the process of wanting to become a a doula and eventually a midwife um so mm -hmm. you know one of the things that she realized with when she got diagnosed was that like a lot of her the arth the arthritis was in her elbow and there was a chance that she was going to have to have that replaced which means she wouldn't be able to hold a lot of weight so holding on to babies is going to be a challenge when you have if you had like an elbow replacement but I think so. I think it was mm -hmm. that. I think she just realized that she wasn't going to have the energy that she used to have to be able to do some of the things that she wanted to do in life. She had started doing sprint triathlons, for example, and you know, and then she realized that you know maybe that's not something I'm going to be able to continue with as this disease progresses. So, you know, so she's dealing with that on her own, and she kind of I she internalized that a lot, wasn't sharing a lot of those feelings with me. And then from my side, I think I was having, a, it was challenging for me to understand how to deal with her and to be there to support her in, in what she was, you know, what she was struggling with. And I think it, it started uh, an issue with communication between the two of us. And I think it just started slowly um, getting worse over time. I think we, we just started to drift kind of into our, more into ourselves at that point and weren't connecting in the way that we had early in our marriage. Hmm. Okay. So then what happened? So did her, did, did her disease kind of take over and progress quickly or how was her disease I mean, it, affecting I, her life? It, was it just the doom of it coming I, I think, or was you, did you actually see her crumble? It was, it was both. It was, it was, a, you know, you kind of had that, that doom and gloom that kind of associates, you know, the finding out, getting the diagnosis. But then, yeah, she, yeah. you know, she went through multiple different uh, medication regimens trying to find something that would work. It was, it, it caused her to slip into depression um, because she was dealing with that. Um, so now, she, again, she's depressed. She's, you know, doesn't know how, what's going to happen to her life as this disease, you know, how bad is this going to get? What am I not going to be able to do? So she, again, she's facing all of that while at the same time, um, like I'm really trying to figure out, it, you know, how can I be there for her? And I, I don't, I don't think I lived up to the expectations that I should have. I don't think I was, I was there for her enough, and supported her enough as she went through those struggles. But how, how does someone like you, who met someone at age 16, 19, young, worked at a restaurant, got and do this job? How do you even know how to support someone who goes through this? Like, there's no, there's no manual, <laughs> right? Like, how are we, as, as married people, supposed to know what to do to support the person? You can't ask her. She doesn't know. She's too busy worried about her own self. How do you, I, how did you handle that? I, like, what no, you I, I, I agree. I don't, think, I don't think you do know how to handle it. I, I mean, it's actually the one thing about, I mean, really all relationships, right? When, because my wife and I got together so young, I had no experience dating. I think I, I maybe had two other girlfriends, maybe the longest of which lasted four months at that point of my life. Mm. So I had no experience with relationships. I had experience with, I guess, women to an extent because um, 
uh, a middle child with an older and a younger sister. So I grew up around around women. I didn't have brothers. I didn't have really a lot of male influence in my life. My dad was always working. So, you know, I, I did at least have a perspective on it. But certainly from a relationship standpoint, it, yeah, I, I didn't I definitely didn't have an owner's manual going in. And it was it was learn as you go. Um, so I, I didn't really have a, a way of knowing how to deal with that. In, in hindsight, maybe, you know, therapy might have been a good option for us early on when that happened, but neither one of us was kind of even thinking in that mode, so. Yeah, no one even thinks about that until and someone says, you should, did you just therapy? You're like, oh. It was always, it's, it's always until it's too late, right? You, um, okay. again, it's not until the house is crumbling down, do you think now it's the time that maybe we can, we can go to f try and fix something when it's almost all, you know, been destroyed, so I, I think a lot of people should try and, you know, recognize the signs and get in there early and find somebody to talk to because it, if you don't, it's, you know, you're, it's just a, a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And so if I can talk to our listeners for a second, in this moment, if someone is married to somebody who is having this kind of struggle and you're like, I don't know what to do. She's going through the stuff and it's really hard and I'm doing my best to support her. That is when you reach out to other people to say, hey, what do I do? Or if you're someone who knows your brother is facing this with his is with his wife, you say, "Here's how you become a better spouse for your hurting wife." Or maybe you go to therapy. Don't be scared to intrude on another marriage to help them be better together. Especially all those old people out there that already have these tools in their tool belt. It's okay to tell everyone's always afraid. Oh, I don't want to get involved. Get involved. Make people's life better. Right. Okay. So tell me what happened after that. So she's, she's facing this disease and you're struggling in your own path and you guys are starting to grow apart. I'm yep. So, so growing apart. So let's, so that goes on for, you know, for, for years we get to 2016. Can I ask you a personal question? Are you having sex now? Are you eating dinner as family together? Are you doing things at all together? Like, what's happening during these years? Um, Are you just well, completely not talking? No, we're still talking. We still there's still a friendship there. Um, there's tensions at time. Um, you know, the, as far as like the the whole family dynamic. You know, we have a good relationship with our children. We I, I, like a lot of families. I was gonna say I don't think we ever ate at the table. I think everyone carried the food into the living room and you know started watching things on the TV or at different times. It's like you know schedules are, were kind of tough for us. It was a we had a busy life. Um, daughters doing dance classes like seven days you know seven days a week. So there was always something going on. Um, you know in intimate life. I mean we maybe we were maybe you know having sex three times a year. Um, oh, so okay. I mean it. Was that because of her illness? No, uh, it, it wasn't really the illness. I think, again, I think it was just that lack of co the connection between us had severed so much. And again, life gets in the way too, right? So this just, you know, she, the, one of the things the illness does is get her, is she got tired. So she would go to bed before me. So you're not going to bed at the same time. Your schedules are a little bit off and you just start to, again, you just start to lose lose that touch with one another and it so yeah we we definitely struggled in in that arena f you know definitely from say 2016 on it got it just got worse okay so where where is the breaking point did you leave is that what happened um yeah so it, this is probably where, the, where where it gets really hard so the breaking point really came after i was laid off 
So so let's let's fast forward a little bit and get my wife and I are having tensions. There's no intimacy in the relationship. We we we're, we're arguing a lot. Um, so we get to 2019 and I walk into the office one day and I'm told, um, you know, can you can you meet us in the conference room? Um, sorry, but you know we have to let you go. You have you know half an hour to go clean out your desk and see you later. Um, so that that to me I think was probably the biggest blow because here it is you you now feel so devalued at that point. Mm-hmm. It's like I, yeah. I I I thought and I you know I did have value here. This is this has been a family to me. I've been coming into this office five days a week for 19 years. These are my friends. This is family. And in a half an hour, you just ripped that all away from me. And I, I don't, I didn't really react that strongly to it at the moment it happened, but I think under the covers, it was something that really bothered me. So now you have that dynamic and you mix that in with the struggles that are going on in my marriage. And you start to really feel this sense of emptiness, this sense of, you know, what's my purpose here? It just seems like, um, and for my family, I'm just somebody that was collecting a paycheck. I didn't have much of a value to them outside of that. And my, you know, I don't, I didn't have value apparently to my employer. I'm out there looking for work and um, I'm getting rejections from job, you know, every app, you know, applications I'm applying, they're saying, no, you don't have this skill. You don't have this skill. And it, it wears down on you and you just feel worthless. You and it, you know, so that, that goes on for a few months and it, and I guess that's where it really started to kind of hit ahead with my wife because we had, we had one really, really bad argument in December of 2019, um, where I, I mean, so many things were said, so many hurtful things um, that I, I think it was like a light switch went off for me and I just shut down. And I had been, you know, I had been engaging in online conversation with people, a lot of, a lot of women, because I was trying to understand i wanted a a woman's perspective on what my wife was thinking what was going through her head um and so i had started up some go ahead so where were you on these online conversations what app or what um some of it was on twitter some of it was i had been out on the medium platform so there were other writers out there that i was reading and um started to get friendly with so started to and was this before your job loss? Or this after? is after the job loss. Okay. So, so you know, you have all of these feeling things going through your head, and one of these women started reaching out to me, and we started to started to form a relationship online that eventually would lead to uh, an emotional affair, um, and from there it actually led to a physical affair. And oh, did she live near you? She lived one state over. So, but she was, um, so let's, okay. let's say about like an, a little over an hour away. So it wasn't that far, but okay. it, you know, at, at that point, I just, I didn't feel like my wife was ever going to, I didn't feel my wife needed me. I didn't think my wife wanted me. I had asked my wife to do counseling and she, she didn't want to do it at the time. She, so I, I didn't, I think in my head, I didn't see a path forward and I didn't, I don't, didn't want to blatantly hurt my wife but i i think i was so desperate to try and heal myself to try and 
not feel the the pain I was feeling. I, I think of it sort of like, an, I guess, an addiction. And there's a lot of different ways I could have gone with those emotions. And I mean, none of them would have been good. Um, so, I mean, I ended up choosing to get involved with somebody else as a way of trying to heal that pain. And you just you just don't think at the time about the collateral damage that it causes. It's your I don't know your mind is in a, a to, it just seems like it's in a totally different place, and eventually that catches up to you though. It's hard. Mm. How did it catch up? I I think over time you realize that you you realize how much your how much of your life you you've given up how much how much the lies take their toll on all of the people around you. It's not even just between you and your wife. It's, you know, you're lying to your daughters about where you were on a particular day, on a weekend. <coughs> you're lying to your family, your friends. You are, uh, you, this, this, there's so many aspects of it that are just, it, 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 it it's, it's soul crushing. Um, it's a, and definitely when you think about the pain that you're starting to cause other people and, and not even so much, I mean, you're just your, you know, your family and your wife. I mean, you, you know, you, you've brought this other person now, this other woman into this mix. And again, and you, you can say she knew what, you know, she knew the situation going in, but how is this going to end for anybody? How is this? You're not, you're, you're not, you're not doing anything that's, helping her either she had her own struggles in life that she was dealing with in a way i think myself and the two of us took advantage of each other at a really bad time in our lives when we were both at our lowest points and we just needed something and um yeah it just you know uh, but that you know it starts down the path of the marriage really coming to a a an end yeah so when, how did your wife find out or did she find out? She found out. Um, I ended up telling her about it in January of 2021. So the, okay. the affair had gone on for about nine months or so. And then I finally came clean and, um, and, and told her about it with the expectation that I was probably going to be leaving the marriage. Um, so it was, I mean, that was a, that was a hard day. It was a hard day for, and, and it, the interesting thing is I, I thought my wife was going to be irate. I thought she was going to just be throwing things around the house when she found out that it was, and again, not that I would have blamed her for, for expressing that kind of anger. Um, but she was a lot calmer about it. And, you know, she really started to think what, what was my role in in hurting you so bad that you started to go down this path. It was, it was, it was odd because she started blaming herself for the situation. And I'm like, this, this really isn't on you. This was, this is a choice that I made. This, this is not, you didn't force me into this. Nobody dragged me kicking and screaming. Um, I could say I was hurting, but still it was, I, I'm a, I'm an adult. I make choices, some good, some bad. This was a bad choice. But it was a choice you were continuing with. It was with. a choice I was continuing with. And so when you shared with her that this was happening, did you share with her that you wanted to leave the marriage as well? Or was that a later conversation? Um, I shared it with her, yes. And she thought that, you know, that maybe this, it, that would be a good point to start thinking about therapy, um, about, you 
know, about trying to fix things. I think the problem is that, you know, my head was into fixing things months before, you know, months or a year before that. When I was at this point, I like I was totally I had almost emotionally divorced myself from my wife at that point. And I wasn't thinking about fixing it. I was just thinking about this. This has taken away my pain. I, you know, you, you want to stay there. You want to stay in that, that happy place where you feel like nothing's, you know, everything's wonderful, even though on the, you know, outside of that little bubble you're in, everything's terrible. So I like what you said, this, this, this relationship, this new relationship takes away your pain because it was a bubble. It, it, it's definitely a bubble. And again, it takes away your pain for periods of time, but it's, you you know, sooner or later, you have to look outside that bubble. And for me, it's, you know, especially when I ended up leaving the house, when I finally had the conversation with my wife, and it was about six months after we, she learned of the affair, where I said, I, I just don't feel right living here anymore. I feel it's, it's hurtful to you to have me around knowing the things that I was doing. It is, um, you know, until I'm ready to come back and say, you know, there's no more relationships on the side. There's, um, I'm back to commit to my marriage. I can't be here with you and my family anymore. I feel disingenuous living that life with you if, um, if I'm not fully committed to it. So I, I ended up leaving the house. I moved in with my parents, my elderly parents. They actually needed somebody there to help them anyway. So it's, it ended up working out kind of beneficial for them. But now, now I'm 100 miles away from my family. I'm not seeing my daughters anymore, um, other than maybe every other weekend. And I mean, that's been the, the largest struggle probably for me over the last, say, year and a half is that separation. Are you, are you still with your folks? Yes. Okay. How are they doing? Uh, they're doing well. Dad, well, my mom's doing well. My dad has actually been in a nursing home for the last year. He had a fall a year ago, February and he fractured his hip and um, broke three ribs. And he is in a place now where he really can't, he can't walk anymore. And he, he needs mm. like, he needs care around the clock. So unfortunately he is, um, yeah, he is confined to a nursing home. But, and, and that, that's been a struggle for he and my mom. I mean, my dad's 81, my mom's 80. Um, luckily my mom is still in really good health, but she's, you know, she certainly loved having my company there after my dad went into the nursing home. Oh yeah. So, Heck yeah. I can't, if I'm old, I yeah. want my kids around. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I get it. I'm getting cold. I need a sweatshirt for those who are not watching the video. I'm putting on a sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's interesting. So when you left, what did your wife say? Bye-bye? Or was she like, wait, I don't want you to go. And when you were living, hold on, let's back up. When you were living at home, and it's now after January, and you shared with her what you were doing, are you sleeping in the same bed? Are you on the at, couch? At, Where at, are you? at that point, we did not sleep in the same bed, but that was my choice. So she so she didn't, like, force me out, so to speak. I mean, I, I said, mm -hmm. this just doesn't feel comfortable anymore. Um, so I ended up, I, yeah, I did sleep on the couch for a little while. Um, and my oldest daughter was actually in college at the time. So her room was vacant a lot. So sometimes I would go and crash in her room. Eventually what I ended up doing was, uh, we had an, like an, a annex up in the upstairs hallway. that was like a computer nook area. I converted that to a, like a little bedroom and that ended up being my room for about four or five months. Okay. I, yeah. And so when you finally said, I'm 
I can't live here anymore. How do your wife react to that? When when we had the conversation, it was actually, we had a very difficult, we, we, we drove out to a park um, near our home and we sat on a bench and we just talked for hours and hours. And it was, it was hard, it was sad, it was angry at times, but we had both ended that conversation at a place where we both agreed that it just seemed like we had drifted apart from one another. Um, so it actually ended relatively amicably at the time. Um, then we, I didn't move out until a week after that. And as that week had progressed from us having that conversation, things got a lot more tense. Um, as, as it got closer to the date, I was actually going to be moving out. And the, the last words she actually said to me as I was walking out the door were, were you know, James, I hope, I hope you find what you're looking for. She didn't say it, she didn't say it with that. a negative tone. She, she just, you know, looked at me, I mean, with caring eyes and said, you know, I really hope you find what you're looking for. She sounds like a really good woman. She's, um, yeah, she's, she's, she's a definitely a good woman. She's been a great mom. She, she, didn't, she didn't throw stuff at you when you announced it the first time. And then as you're no, leaving, no. she says, I hope you find what you're looking no, for. No throwing stuff wow. for me. It's a, and, and again, that was for me, that was that was so against a lot of the volatility that I had seen periodically throughout the marriage. I, like, that's why I thought at this point, if there's any opportunity for her to like, want to just again, lose it, this would have been it. But no, she was, she was calm. She thought it through. She was, she, she was caring about it again, disappointed, sad, hurt. Uh, this, a lot of those things, you just found out that the one person you thought you could always rely on, that you could always trust had, you know, had, had been it betrayed you had been lying to you had been um just not been the person that you thought they were and i i can't imagine what that you know what that feels like from her shoes she did she did tell me at one point that she felt like she had lost the ability to trust and i think that was one of the harder things for me to hear is that that's what i took away from her i i took away her ability to trust others and i i mean that that's a hard thing to 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 think about that you know look at look at the damage that i caused hmm. yeah do you think your daughters were affected by it too um i'm sure they, i'm sure they were um when the week before i moved out i did sit down with all three of my daughters independently and had a long conversation with them to you know every single one of them was saddened by it um they they all said well you know, dad, I, we just want you and mom to be happy, you know, no matter what the situation is, if you're together or you're apart, we just want to see you guys happy. Um, my, the, one of the interesting things is that when I talked to my oldest daughter at the time, she expressed to me that she wasn't surprised. She's, she, she actually said something to the effect, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that this didn't happen a couple of years ago. So she had been sensing mm -hmm. tensions in the relationship, you know, it's, and, and I know kids typically do, they don't, you can't hide those types of things from them. My other two, the, the two younger ones were, yeah, again, same, similar type of reaction, but I, I think my, my youngest who's 16 now has probably had the hardest time with this because, you know, mm -hmm. dad's not there anymore. Dad, you know, dad left, he, you know, to a, she probably feels to a sense that dad abandoned me. Even though, again, I'm st I still, you know, communicate with her all the time. I, I try and come out at least every other weekend, if not every weekend. Um, but she has 
at times shut herself off from me. She doesn't want to communicate with, with her dad. She doesn't want to, um, unless she needs money, of course. Um, but outside of that, <laughs> she, um, it, it's, that's been a really tough thing. I, my, I, we were very close before this happened and I feel like that's another relationship that I, I damaged quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Okay. Do you, okay. So what's happening now? So you go home. How's your wife doing now? How's your disease going? Um, it's, it's stabilized for the most part. She's doing okay. I mean, she, um, she has her good days and her bad days, but she, she's try she still tries to stay active. She, um, it was, we actually, um, in January, we're both, we, we were both runners. Um, and actually we both still run. So she still tries to run even with her, her current condition. We both ended up going on a vacation separately down to Disney world in January. Um, cause they have a, they have marathon weekend down there every January. So we went down to participate in that. Just, it was a little surreal because we're, did you know each other? Did you both know you were going to be there or was it like, Oh my gosh, what are you doing here? We no, we, we did because we actually last April, we, at, we had registered for it together. We were at a point last April where I thought we, we may try to, to work things out, but it just like always seems to happen. Something gets in the way and then we don't. So we had both signed up for it at the same time. And yeah, so we knew we were going to be there. We just ended up, we had separate hotels and um, we really had kind of had separate itineraries going on. Although we did end up getting together like for like three times during that week, just to sit down and have a meal and, and talk. How was that? It, it was awkward, but it was, it was still nice. It was nice to have a chance to just connect, even if, you know, we're not talking about anything too serious, but it, it, it was a sense of normalcy, I guess, in a, in a chaotic life. And I, you know, that's the thing that I, I think is the, the most difficult or has been the most difficult is that I feel like my life has been so chaotic over these last three years since all of this happened that you just, you mm -hmm. can't catch your breath. Logistically, it's been chaotic because, you know, I had been, I had been bouncing around, you know, to between my home, between my parents' home, uh, going down to see the other woman. I, you're, you know, you're in this triangle logistically where you're kind of doing that. You don't have a chance to catch your breath. You're not, you're not giving anybody really your full attention. You're just, um, it, it's, it's, it's a whole different life and it's not one that I ever thought I would see myself in. And I, and I hate chaos. <laughs> I'm the type that if I, if, you know, if I walk into the kitchen and the sink is filled with dishes, I have to clean it. I can't leave it that way. Um, Ooh, come over. <laughs> Sorry. Same thing with like a room or whatever, or, you know, and uh, so I'm, I just, I have a hard time dealing with chaos and my life has been all chaos and I've had plenty of, you know, mm -hmm. I've, I've been given plenty of off ramps to say, look, here's an opportunity for you to step back into your old life or at least maybe start over. And I've, I've seen that off ramp. Sometimes I, I, you know, turn down that, that road and I try and get there and then, I, I just always seem to fall back. It's, it's, it's been a struggle. What, what is, so the, what's the off ramp look like? The, the off ramp to me looks like truly being for a little, for a while, truly being by myself. I think one of the things that I've realized whether or not I had gone back to my marriage or I continued in a relationship with, um, with the woman I had been with or, or even in a new relationship, 
until I, I really address the things that I need to fix with myself, I can't be in a healthy relationship with anybody. I'm not, I'm, I feel like I'm just going to cause pain in those relationships that I, I wasn't emotionally mature enough to handle a lot of the things that were coming into my life. Um, so I feel like if I, if I was able to take that off ramp and, and truly be alone and work through my, my personal issues, then maybe, maybe I would get to a point where I could either, you know, re-engage with, with my wife or start a new relationship and, and hopefully make it a healthy one where I didn't find myself falling into the same pitfalls I did with my marriage. So what, what happened to the girl you were seeing that was an hour away or whatever? Um, she, she, she was go? in the picture um, pretty much the whole time. So we just off and on, I think, uh, you know, that relationship probably ended about 14 different times. Um, oh, four, 14 different, um, usually because <laughs> I would sit there and say, I, I don't want to continue with this. There's no, there's no future in this. I don't see myself. I don't, I don't want to divorce my wife. I don't want to, I, I don't want to truly step away from all the, all the parts of my life that I did love. I mean, that's a hard thing to walk away from because even though my marriage was crumbling, there were a lot of parts of my life that were great. I, and I, you know, I had a good, I had a good job and you know, up until I got laid off, I had, you know, we had a nice house. We had a nice family. We lived in a nice community, had a lot of good friends. Um, you know, there was, we were financially comfortable. It, there was, there was a lot there. It's just, the, you know, it was just the marriage that struggled. So you, um, you know, you get to a point and you, you don't want to, you don't want to totally let go of that. So it was really, it's always been an inability on my part to let go, not only of the past, but even in the other relationship, every time I did let go, I, I had a hard time staying away because this is now someone, and if you put aside the, you know, the intimate, the intimate nature of the relationship, um, it was, this is somebody that had became, become a close friend. And now to an extent after, you know, three years, they, they feel like family too. And it's like, I don't want to hurt this person, but I don't want to hurt my wife. I don't want to hurt my family, but now I don't want to hurt them again. And you, you just get yourself into this place in your head and you, you almost feel trapped in your own, in this spot where you're so afraid of hurting people that you're, it's almost easier to, to remain in this state, state of limbo, this, you know, without, because if, as soon as you make a choice, somebody gets hurt. And you know the the one thing that you realize though is that not making a choice, people are still getting hurt, including yourself, because you can't you don't you have no future. You're just you're living from relationship to relationship, from day to day. You're not you're not looking ahead with you're not looking ahead thinking oh you know next week's going to be great, next year's going to be great. It's you're thinking about what 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 other chaos is going to enter my life now, and how am I how am I doing anybody in my life a, a you know, a service by, by holding on to them and, and not letting them get on with their lives. If, if I don't want to move forward with my my marriage, I need to let my I need to let my marriage go. If I don't want to move forward with the other relationship, I need to let that go so that they can get on with their lives. It's, it's just for me. It was it's, it just always been a struggle trying to figure out you know trying to do that. And so, do you spend days thinking about it? Oh yeah. I spend a lot of days thinking about that and yeah. and 
And I'm, I'm asking this question because most of the people that listen to this are having, have a husband that's like you. And they're just like, they're in limbo and they're just, they don't know what to do. And not only do they not know what to do, they don't, they're trying to understand what it feels like to be in their husband's shoes. So here, like that woman said, or the women say that when you write, it's like talking, it's like I get a glimpse of my husband's head. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate this. <laughs> No, like I said, it's, I is think it? it's it's important to talk about, and I. But again, I I understand. Like I said, the, like the the person that you you mentioned that was reading my articles. Um, again, I'm I'm glad that I can I can be that voice and and have them you know look at what I'm writing. And again, even though it might frustrate, and she did email me actually and told me how frustrating I could be at times as <laughs> as as she was reading my writing. And it's like I I I totally understand that because. You know, when I if I really take a deep look at myself, it's not that I don't it's not that I don't know what to do. It's just that I don't do it. It's you, you know, in your head, you know what the right thing is. You. What's the right thing? The right thing is to is to get my head on straight and then see if I, you know, can I fix what I broke? Can I? Well, with your wife, not the girl. OK. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, I that's think good, I mean, I think one. that's, you know, that's certainly the right thing. That's what. Um, but it's again it's it's not easy and you you know that doing that now is is a lot more difficult and in in a, in a sense i i feel like well why would she want why would she ever want to take me back she can't how can she ever trust me again how could i ever trust me again um without again not without you know certainly doing a, a deep dive on my own emotional state and trying to figure out how to deal with that and and i and i have been to like therapy, I've actually gone through three therapists over the last three years. Um, as I've been, why? Um, why do you switch? Uh, the first therapist was very nice, but she almost encouraged me to explore both relationships. And you know, in hindsight, I, I don't. I when I went into therapy, I think I was really hoping that my first therapist was going to be this tough love therapist that was going to be like, "You can't be doing this. Stop this. You need to, you know, stop what you're doing. You need to end that relationship and, and go out and fix your marriage." Or like they were going to like be the person to talk some sense into me. And she was like, "Well, you're feeling all these things. Maybe you should be exploring your feelings for your wife, but also exploring your feelings for this other woman." And you know, so and that that therapy went on for a while. Again, she 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 was nice. She was you know good to talk to, but I don't think she was helping me. And then, I so I I ended up leaving that therapist. I got another therapist, and he was like almost the exact opposite of her. Where it, I mean, he, he kick your ass I, I, a bit, yeah. But he, and he was like, well, you know, we can, you know, you and your wife will be back together in three months, and like he was kind of going the other direction with it. And it's like, okay, it's like I it's a I think it's more challenging than that. Um, and then. And then the third therapist was, I don't, we just didn't, we just didn't really connect um, uh, very well. So it's a tough thing about therapy. You really got to find the right person. And, yeah, it's like dating. And, but, but you also have to understand what you're trying to get out of it when you go in. And I think for me, so I am looking for like another therapist now. And that's been the, one of the things I've been trying to do is really write down and think about what exactly do I want to get out of therapy? Well, I think you should ask yourself another question, if you don't mind me sure. saying this, is what, what do you want? What do you want out of therapy for yourself? Right? Like, what do I want? Do I want to know myself? Do I want to understand what's weird about me? 
like what? Because you said I have to. A little while ago, you said I have to fix myself. And I need to be stronger in self before I go home. And I and I guess because I never saw myself as a person that would do the things that I've done over the last three years. I. I That's crazy. No, right? oh, it is, and it's um, and it. You're not alone. No, but you, but it's you. You think about sometimes you hear about people that do things, and it's like how do how I never would have saw that in that person. Why would they? Uh, you know, how could they possibly do that? And you know, then you find yourself in that situation, and it's like, okay, I, I understand some of the dynamics around it. I understand the job loss. I understand depression. I understand the struggles with my marriage, and you know, lack of communication and the arguing, and just fe the the feeling of of not being seen. Um, but there's more to it than that. This, you know, how far back do you take it? My my therapist never went back to childhood to like look at, you know, the fact that I was I was you know that shy, quiet kid growing up. I didn't have a lot of friends. I I always felt kind of left out through you know as I was growing up in life. Um, kind of that you know that kid on the sidelines, kind of looking in. I you know you weren't the kid that was picked first for the team. You were the kid that was you know picked you know third to last or whatever. It was like that was me. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. I, I know what that's so, like. It's terrible. It, they should never it, do it that. It is terrible. And but you know, so it's like you know, where did this you know, where did this start? This you know, did it start with the relationship with my my parents? Did it start with, you know, uh, you know, have I is is it always just been one of these things where I've just been this shy, introverted kid and had a hard time dealing with with my emotions in general? And it just again over the years it just got worse and worse and now you're trying now not only are you trying to struggle with your own emotions but now you're in a relationship and you have somebody else's emotions that you have to factor in and how do i deal with those and my own and how do they you know how do they play against each other it's so i i think i would love to explore more the dynamics that led up to a lot of the bad decision making that i had mm. Really and the one thing I, I do like to like I and I do say bad decisions, bad choices. I don't I don't call anything that I've done a mistake. Uh, a, a mistake is, you know, I accidentally walked in door A instead of door B. Um, you know, these were conscious choices. This is not a um, this. I, it would be it would be disingenuous for me to say anything that I did was a mistake. What they were were bad decisions. Yeah, I can see that. That's that's a that's a smart thing to say. Yeah, I like that. Um, okay, so it's going to be kind of hard for you to go home anyway because you've got your mom to look after right now. I do, but my uh, my sister and her husband actually just recently moved in because they they decided to they they actually lived like a mile and a half away, but they decided to sell their house because they're sitting on two hundred and fifty thousand in student loans. <laughs> <laughs> for oh my not for gosh. not for them for their kids that they they they, they oh. promise they they <laughs> promise but they promised their kids they were going to pay those loans off so they they were like well how can we how can we get ourselves out from under this pile of debt and they were like you know what mom has a pretty big empty house right now why don't we sell our house let's move in we'll be more help from for mom we'll come over there and then um you know, years down the road, we'll, you know, I think that, you know, they're, they're looking to get closer to their kids. My, my niece and my nephew who live, one lives in Georgia, one lives in Florida. So I think eventually my sister and her husband will be heading down that way. But for now, you know, so mom does have additional help now, but, but it's not even so much All the right. logistics of that. Like I said, this, this, the thing is that, you know, my, there's a lot of conversation that has to happen. There's a lot of healing that has to happen by a lot of people involved. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's difficult. It, well, it is. I always say it's 
it could be difficult or it could be challenging or it could be an opportunity for growth. It could be an opportunity for lots of stuff. It's a great story. You have a great story. Although the, my little sideline story is you're living in your house with your sister and your mother <laughs> and her husband. That's a lot of people. No, I, I, so I, 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 I will say it, at the age of 53, I never would have thought that I would find myself in that situation. So super funny. So I, 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 love, I love that you've been able to share this story with me. I'm going to look at my notes to see if I have any questions for you. Do you have any advice for any person that might be thinking about having an affair or you know, who's not happy with what's going on in their life and are looking at maybe doing, following in your footsteps? Do you have any advice? Uh, or do you have any advice for yourself if you go, go back to yourself and right after that job loss, what would you say to yourself? Oh, after the job loss, I, I think I would say, you know, now you, you need to realize how, I, I should have realized how big of a loss that was, how much that was going to impact me. I think I, I, I just was a, a too nonchalant about it when it happened. And I, I try, I think part of it was being positive. You're trying to say, you know, this is a chance I have a, I have a clean slate now. I can start over and I can find the job that I want, you know, and, you know, you can, it, you know, I, I have an, an empty, you know, an open book, I guess, that I can kind of start writing my own chapters in. But I, I, I think I should have sought help then to, I should have started talking to somebody, even if, it, even if I was talking to my wife at the time about how I was feeling about this, how difficult this was, how, you know, maybe that would have been a, you know, a way for us to start connecting again and, you know, having some of those hard conversations. But I, my, my advice to anybody in that starts to get into that mindset where you're thinking about, about certainly having an, an affair or getting involved with anyone in that way is, you know, Please take a moment to just stop and think about. Don't think about yourself and kind of what you are, what you what you think you might be getting as a benefit out of this. Think about how this is going to affect everybody else in your life, not just your wife, but your family, your friends, your extended family. Think about how in you know you're going to have to live a life of that's disingenuous. You're going to have to. You're not going to have an authentic life anymore. You're going to be hiding a life from people, and it's it's not worth the pain that you're causing people. It's not worth the pain you're causing to yourself. Take that as an opportunity to find help, because it's uh, there's just no there's, there's 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 not a lot of good endings to that if you keep going. Yeah, no, there's not, um, and I agree with you. Um, do you think so? A lot of times the wives that I coach, they say he's never coming home because he has too much shame and embarrassment. He'll never be able to figure that out and come back. Do you think there's some truth there? Absolutely. I, I, how, does someone, how does someone like you get over that? I, I don't know that I have. I, I, I think I still deal with that. I still, I still, when I live, so I was just out at the house a week ago and um I, you know i walk through those doors and I, I feel it just walking through those doors if i you know if i see my wife in there and you know you know we get we get along these days and we have we can have conversations you know usually they're pretty short but i it's uncomfortable and you do you feel this sense of shame this sense that you know how can i possibly come back here it's it seems almost dishonorable 
to a degree. And yeah, you, you, there's a, there's a lot of self-loathing. I think if you, um, it, it, I'm not sure if any of the, the women that have reached out to you that were reading me on Medium have said it, but I've been accused a lot of self-flagellating and just a lot of like, a, a lot of hatred towards myself in my writing at times. Um, because I've had so many women say, you know, you don't be so hard on yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Life happens. It, you know, it wasn't all, this wasn't all you, you know, it takes two to for, yeah, the, the affair was, but, but the marriage itself getting to the point where it was, I mean, that was a shared effort. You and your wife both um, share in the communication breakdown and all of those, those aspects that led you to making some of the bad choices you did, but there, um, but yeah, you, but you do, you beat yourself up. There are times you just hate yourself. You hate yourself for what you've done. You hate yourself for what you're doing. You hate yourself for not being able to solve this problem that when you think, again, it's like you should have at some point, you should have just said, I'm sorry and, and went home. And you, but you just can't get yourself there. What is it? What is that right there? You could just go home and say you're sorry but you just can't get yourself there. What is that? It's that feeling that I'm just going to hurt you again. I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself to step back into it. And I'm not saying I, I certainly wouldn't get involved in infidelity again. I think um, for all the people that say, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know how that happens because if you, when you've gone through it and you've experienced the pain that it causes, why would, why on earth would you, would you want to go through that again or put anyone else through that again? I always said, again, if anything, I would just end up alone. Um, rather, I, I certainly wouldn't go down that road. But yeah, it's, you just, I, I think it is, a, it's a level of mistrust with yourself. It's like, I, you know, am I, am I just gonna hurt this person all over again? And are they better off without me? You know, can we just have, are we able to just have a friendship now and have that aspect of the relationship and we're going to be part of each other's lives forever because of our children? Maybe, you know, are we just better off with a platonic relationship where we can still participate in each other's lives to some degree without me going back and entering into that dynamic where I think it's, you know, it's going to be painful. Why will it be painful? My uh, my biggest fear was always I'm gonna go back home, and once again I'm gonna feel empty, and I'm gonna feel so lonely, being in my marriage, that it's it's going to be more depressing to be there than to not. Oh, okay. So let me ask you a question: What was missing in your marriage that made you feel lonely? That if you could go back and tell someone like a waitress this is what i need what would it be you you need so that you wouldn't feel alone you 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 need communication you need to talk i mean i you know i've i've developed all of these or had these relationships with people that i've again even you know whether or not they're online relationships people i work with um it's just that connection it's being able to have conversation it's being able to to share in those types of experiences um i get i've i mean interesting thing for everyone that says you know an affair is all about the sex for for me it was about conversation it was about having somebody to talk to because i didn't i i was i was missing that in my marriage my wife and i didn't talk we didn't have long serious conversations 
you know, the only time we ever had a serious conversation is because I took pen to paper and I wrote a long letter about what I was feeling. And sometimes that would, you know, generate a conversation between us. But we, but other than that, neither one of us was all that comfortable stepping into conversations. And when we did, they, they were never productive. They ended up getting, you know, somebody would say something that the other one, you know, took the wrong way and it just ended up getting contentious and volatile. You just didn't want to go there. But I think, but when you, yeah. when you stop talking, when you're in a relationship, especially a long relationship, you know, again, my wife and I started dating at, you know, in 1989. So we've been in a couple for over 33 years. You, you lose that ability to talk and, and there's nothing left and you do, you feel empty. Do you think you lose the ability to talk or is it when you talk to a stranger, a complete stranger who doesn't know you, you're able to share more because then you can share whatever you want and there's no ties to them. No one's going to judge you versus having a conversation with a spouse who knows the back history and the this and the that. And they come to that conversation with all of I, I I certainly think that's part of it. You, the, the anonymity that you get from talking to people, especially when you have long like um, online um, relationships that you develop with people, it's it's easier. It is it's easier to talk to somebody that you don't have that emotional connection with initially, because you yeah you feel much more comfortable sharing certain things, um, which is it's yeah it's, it, it feels safe. It absolutely feels safe. Whereas yeah. if you're trying to do that face to face with somebody that you have an emotional attachment to, um, and you and you need to have hard hard conversations about your relationship, it's I. Who, it's, it's a tough thing to do, and it's usually easier just to say, you know what, I'm just going to skip this conversation today. We'll, we'll do it some other day. And, you know, that, you know, that becomes, you know, a week later, a month later, two months later, a year later, and you just avoid it. And it just, things just get worse. Yeah, and that, that's, the, that's the key because, you know, now that I work with people who've gone like this, and they're like, this is so hard. It's like, yeah, it's really hard. But when, it, when you come back together, it's, it's, it's difficult. But I've come to this understanding in my, because this happened to me in my marriage. I don't know if you know that or not. But it's like when you're with somebody and you say to them, I unconditionally love you. No matter what you do, I'm still going to be here for you. I am not perfect. How dare I ever expect you to be perfect? I'm just a screw. We're both screwed up people. We've got stuff wrong with us. Everyone does. And, you know, we just love each other for who we are. And no one tries to change each other. We just exist to be together and see whatever happens. When you get to that place, everything is easy. And it's, it's getting to that place and being brave enough. Like I have women going, I'm divorcing him. No, I'm going to stay. I'm divorcing him. No, I'm going to stay. And it's, it's hard to make that commitment while he is off or she. I do men and women. It's hard. But... I believe, I'm one of those people that believes when you face something you fear, you grow more than you'll ever grow. But also having, like right now, you, when you say, I have things that I have to work on for myself, to, become, to come to the table loving yourself. And I'm going to tell you, James, what you said, would my wife take me back? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I know she, I don't know her. I'd love to talk to her. Gosh, I'd love to have her on my show. Um, but I know she loves you. You're the father of her children. That door is always open. And she's so kind and she didn't even talk to me. <laughs> Just hearing you say that, I was like, oh, I like this woman. 
she's really smart. She figured that out all by herself. She knew, mm. right? She's very brave. Yes, she is. And you're, and you're very brave for coming on here. But I want to ask, because some of my girls have given me questions to ask you, and if I don't ask them, I'm going to be in serious okay. trouble. Um, uh, I asked you about Shannon. Do you have any regrets? Oh, man. Um, s certainly. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I regret. I, 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 reg I mean, I, I regret the affair. I regret that. I, re I regret it from this because I right before that all went down, I had actually written an article that I had posted on Medium. I can't remember the title of it, but where I, I was basically telling myself this isn't this isn't the path I want to go down. Um, so mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I I thought I had convinced myself at that point that this isn't the person that I want to be. And it was, I think it was one of the, the better things that I've written. It was certainly one of the more personal, um, but man, I, I, you know, I regret the pain that I've caused my wife. I regret the, uh, the lying. I think the lying is, a, is probably the biggest regret. It's, it's so many, I, if I had to go back and tally up every time I said I was one place and I was another, or um, it, it just piles on itself and it's it it's a terrible terrible thing that the betrayal of a lie i think it, even more so than the affair itself is 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 what i re is is something i regret a, de a great deal mm. Did, does she know that have you shared that with her i i i think yeah i, I believe i have i believe that was one of and you know yeah. we, again in, in at least some of the conversations that we've had that was you know a part of it it's like you I mean, it is it's a shameful thing to be in a place where you just are you just lying all the time and you know you are and she knows you are like it wasn't like you were lying and getting away with it. Like she may not call you on it, but she knew you well enough after all those years. She could tell when you were telling the truth or not. Hmm. And how do you think she feels now? Like if I were to say, how do you feel about change right now? What would she say? She would probably say that. I, I love him, but he, he still, he, he still has work to do. He is, you know, he, he's not, he doesn't look at life like with courage. He's, he lives in fear and his whole life is dictated by fear. And until, is it? I, 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 is it? I, she right? I certainly wouldn't disagree with it. I think fear plays a big role in it. Um, so I can I could see that I could see that she is I don't think that you know she would be open arms saying I you know I just come back and we'll figure it all out, but I think in her head she probably is like I wish that he would figure it out because I still would like to have a future with him. Hmm. So what do you what can I ask you a question about sure. fear? What 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 are you fearful? What are you fearful of? I'm, I'm fearful of going back and failing. Failing with? Fail, trying to fix the marriage only to have it fall apart again and then end up back in, back in a place where it was just painful again. Like starting to, starting to climb yeah. yourself out of that hole and then falling back down, I think it's, it's, it, it's, the, it's the unknown of like, okay, it's, we're now in brand new territory if you go back. It's like, what happens if it doesn't work out? 
what happens then? What if I find myself right now and we get and she and I are getting along, and you know it's not ideal, but at least you can you're talking, um, you know you're 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 able to go out and see your kids without any animosity. There's no real tension there. But what if you go back and it doesn't work out? What if now the relationship is worse? So I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. Do you think that fear is valid? Probably not. I think it's, yeah I, yeah, I I think there's a lot of fears that I don't think are valid, but I think they get stuck in your head and they get, they're just hard for yeah. you to mentally get past. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. I deal with a lot of girls in fear. I have a, a woman I talked to this morning. I hope she doesn't get mad at me, but she's, every time I talk to her, she goes, he's never coming home. He's never coming home. And I'm like, what, what, why, why do you say that? <laughs> and she's like, is he coming home? And I'm like, yes. If you believe it, he will. So when I first started this is my journey on coaching women, I was sitting with my husband because I had to quit my job. And I said, I'm going to do this. And he goes, what if you fail? And I said, that's not an option. Like, I, I can't fail. And so that's kind of how I treated my marriage, like with my husband. Like, and when he walked out the door, I was like, you know, there's a lot I went through. I threw things at him. <laughs> okay. I wasn't okay. very nice, which is what I teach women. So your wife knowing, knowing that ahead of time is bonus for her. But I was not, I had to learn it. And in the end, you know, when he came back, it was like, you know, we're perfectly imperfect people and it's not going to be pretty, but you know, one day you're going to be pooping your pants and one day I'll be peeing on myself because we're going to get old together and we'll figure it out. Right. Cause you don't. You might get hit by a truck tomorrow, and so yeah. There's so many things to be afraid of. You know, there's a, there's that saying, right? You are what you think about, what you see, what you say, and what you do. Absolutely. Right. And so if we can control, that's what we can control, right? So if you go back to your wife and you're like, you know what? I am not perfect. I might have some evil thoughts, but. I'm not leaving again. I'm going to be here. And we're not going to fight anymore. We're going to figure this out. She might go, okay. You know? Because, I don't know. We're not no, sure. we're not. Humans, human beings are very messy. We are weird people. Yes, we are. So, is there... I have a kid that keeps coming in and out. Don't you love podcasts at home? Is, is there? <laughs> this is his room. He goes, this is my room. I'm like, yes, it is. Um, it's a quiet place, usually, when he's in school. So... Anything else you can add for me that you want to add to anyone listening, be it the wife who's with a man who has gone or a husband who has left? Is there anything else you want to share? I mean, I, I would just say try, again, it, it really does come down to trying to find time to communicate to one another. And, and even, even if the conversations are going to be hard, and you know what, it, 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 you may have them where they're not productive, but don't. Don't get to a point like I was where you have one of those unproductive conversations and you decide it's not worth it to have another one where you just put it off and it's you continue having the dialogue. Because if you don't, when, when you stop talking to your partner, it, it's, it's just a recipe for your relationship to go south. You need to keep, you need to have those hard conversations. Like I said, we, we, we are, we're messy people. Humans, you know, we, we do good things, we do bad things. We make good choices, we make bad choices. We need to talk about those. We need to you know, keep that connection going with our partner 
or again, all the other aspects of your relationship are going to falter. So I, I, again, that's, I think that's a big thing. And that's what I feel like my wife and I lost touch with. We lost touch with the ability to talk, to communicate with one another. And even when we did, I think I was saying words, but she was hearing something different than I thought I was conveying and vice versa. We weren't, we, we may have even, we may have started talking, but we weren't really communicating. We weren't getting our message across it. You know, we weren't making sure that the other really understood what was bothering us. We let them just take those words and, and derive their own meaning from what, what you were saying. You, you kind of, you need to make sure that your, your message is getting across that you're being understood. And, um, I, I just think it's so important. Yeah, no, I like that. Listen, yes. right? You need to listen. Seek first to understand because everyone wants to talk yes. and share what their thoughts are instead of really listening. Cause sometimes listening is painful because there's nobody that knows you better than your partner. Right? You want to know what's wrong with you? Ask your partner. But, <laughs> They're going to have a list. Here are the five things that I hate about but, you. But even, uh, even outside of the, the relationship, but when I, when I think about my writing, it's a similar thing where, and it is one of the reasons I do read the comments because what, you know, when I'm writing, I'm the one talking. I'm the one giving my perspective. You're hearing my vantage point. I want to hear yours. I, I, even if the comment is hurtful, I, mm. I still read them. I still respect the person's... Um, I mean, I don't, I don't like it if they get really, you know, hurtful in there and just say things that I think are probably not appropriate, but I'm not, I, but again, I, I realize everybody comes at things from their own point of view. And I, I learn as much from a negative comment, sometimes more so than the positive comments. So at least it, it always gives me something to think about. And I, so I, I think that's important as well. You, you do, you need to listen um, just as much as you're, you're trying to communicate things. Okay, so one more question. What happened to the lady that you had the uh, relationship with online? Where did she go? Um, she is uh, she is living actually by with her daughter right now. Um, so she she had been living with her parents for a while. So they um so she has a, a, a an apartment with her daughter and she's um kind of moving on with life. Um, we still we're still in communication with one another, but um, I think we both realized that there was not going to be any future there. Yeah. How come? Because I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be in a place where I want to let go of my old life completely. Mm-hmm. So, and if you, if you get to that place and you know, you can't do that, then this it's, you know, she needs to move on with her life because I'm never going to truly let go. I'm always going to, I'm always going to be there to support my wife, even if she, even if she did become my ex-wife, I mean, I would be there for her emotionally if she needed me to be. I would be there financially if she needed me to be. I certainly will, will always be there for my children. Um, and I think for, I think for a lot of new, like another relationship, that that's a hard thing for you to have to deal with. I mean, if you're dealing with us, us, you know, if now you have a partner who has some kind of relationship with their ex or that's, that, and there's an emotional bond there. Uh, a lot of a lot of the you know new partners are not going to want that. So I think you just need to realize it's. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it is. You have you have regardless of what you call it, you have unconditional love for your wife, which I think is wonderful. James, I am so grateful that you came on today and talked to me. 
This is amazing. Well, I, you are amazing. Well, I I appreciate you uh, you taking the time to talk to me today, and I'm glad you're. Uh, I'm glad I have some readers out there that actually, uh, you know, were talking to you and, and made me aware of this because this is um yeah it's been a great conversation. I I really appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna post your website below in the comments on my YouTube as well as the Spotify anchor thing, um, an Apple thing, whatever they're <laughs> called. And uh, I forget. <laughs> I just know I'm here. That's all I know. Other people take care of that. But, um, yeah, so people can follow you and, you know, see what you have to say as the years go on. And they'll be rooting for you. Well, hopefully uh, hopefully you'll have some good things to read. I, I, mean, to, I, I have not been writing as much as um, I had in the past, but that's more big because work's my other job. has been My full-time job has been a little hectic these days. But I will, um, I will find my way back to getting some more writing out there because I, it's kind of my, it's my happy place. It's cathartic for me to, to get out there and tell my story. So I will, um, I should have some more content coming out soon. Yes, I would love that. And if your wife wants to talk to me, have her call okay. me. I will let her know. I would love to hear how her side, because then I can kind of put it side by side. Because I think it's a, you know, one of, one of the things I did on my journey is ask people a lot of questions. Tell me your story. What happened to you? Older people above the age of 65, 70, they have lots of stories mm -hmm. to tell. What happened to them? What happened to other people? You know, and that's just something that we can pass on to the younger generations. Absolutely. I hate I say that. <laughs> I hate I say I'm an older generation. Uh, Am I old? Uh, yeah, well, I don't <laughs> know. I, I feel old these days, but. That's ah, awful. What's happening? Anyway, James, you're amazing. I really appreciate it. And I hope you stay in touch with me because I want to hear what happens in your uh, life. I, I will do that. Thank you very much, Lori. Okay, thank right. you. Bye. Wow. Oh my gosh. Was that not just the most amazing interview? Oh my gosh, you guys. Amazing interview. I, I need to watch this again myself, maybe several times. Amazing. I, I can't believe everything he said. I, I, I feel like I need to talk to someone else and debrief this. Amazing. But that's what happens. You saw what he was talking about. This is what happens. Hold on. I took a couple notes I want to chat with you guys about really quickly. Um, it's a disease. He stopped living his life. He went in between two worlds. You saw the noodles of play, right? And the other question is, how do you support someone like him if he's in your family or if he's your husband? How do you support that? That's what we need to take away from this. You never know what's going to happen. And sometimes people have a way to break off to find some part of themselves that's missing or lost. It happens. And that's a perfect example of an MLC, midlife crisis, I believe. But he's a great guy and he's voicing, he's a great guy and he's voicing his, I can't talk. Let's just cut it now. He's a great guy and he's voicing his opinion on medium. I love it. So look for all the stuff below. And I will see you guys next time. Please let me know if you know anyone who has a story to share. Bring them on. I'm Lori McDermott.